0: From the heart of Nebraska's
1: capital city, this is the Nebraska Family Alliance Report. Here's your host, Nate Graz. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm Nate Graz, Policy Director for Nebraska Family Alliance, and I am honored to be bringing you the Nebraska Family Alliance report. Those words from the Declaration of Independence are as true and important today as the day that they were written. And while most are familiar with the famous phrase about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness— We should also remember the closing line of the Declaration of Independence, which says we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Freedom isn't free, and as Ronald Reagan said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It has to be fought for, protected, and handed down for the next generation to do the same. And we're going to talk about that and more with a special guest who served 36 years in the United States military, received two Purple Hearts, the Bronze Star, the Secretary of Defense Medal of Freedom, and has recently completed three separate missions to Ukraine, risking his life to deliver Bibles and humanitarian aid. He also happens to be a Nebraska state senator. I'm honored to be joined now by someone who knows about service, about sacrifice, and about the importance of fighting to preserve life and freedom, Nebraska State Senator and decorated military veteran, Tom Brewer. Senator Brewer, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Oh, Nate, thanks for having me.
1: Well, Senator, the 2024 legislative session is off and running, and there's a lot uh, at stake this session. And this is also your eighth year in the Nebraska legislature. What are you expecting uh, out of this year's session? It's a short session. Senators only have 60 days, and we're coming off of a very tumultuous session last year. Do you have high hopes, or what do you think we can expect to see out of the Nebraska Unicameral this year?
0: Well, I do have high hopes, but I'll temper that with the fact that um, I think some of those who disrupted things last year could potentially do the same thing this year if they feel that uh, whatever issue they want to champion isn't addressed to their uh, liking. And so, you know, we, we stand at the ready. I think the the speaker has set things up so that uh, unlike last year where he made a commitment early that he wanted to follow through with, he hasn't made that this year. So I think he can call Uh, discussion at whatever point he wants and ends debate instead of having it just go on and on on every bill and just grind the session to a halt, which is exactly the tactic used last year, because I think we all want to have an open discussion on bills and not have them bundled. But we also are realists in understanding that we can't come here and do nothing if an individual or two want to grind this place to a halt. There has to be a way of doing the people's business. And so that's that's where we're at. We're gonna we're gonna proceed as though things will be a normal session. I mean that means going back to you know probably four or five years ago to where we really were in a normal rhythm, and and hope it does. If it doesn't, if we have a plan. Uh, plan B. Uh, I. I started moving early, Uh, I don't know if you've seen, but uh, the government committee went ahead and prioritized a uh, number of bills in a committee combined bill, only six, that's kind of where we are now, the the limit we have, and we're using all six, and yesterday we had uh, a committee hearing to push forward that committee priority bundle, which then should accelerate that onto the floor, and hopefully get us some results fairly quick.
1: Well, Senator, you serve in a very important role as the chair of the government and military and veteran affairs committee. And I would just be so interested to hear from your perspective as someone who has led, you know, large, challenging combat missions um, where lives are on the line, you're all trying to work together. And then you come to the Nebraska Unicameral where it's a different type of fight, different type of battle, different type of strategy. How do you approach The issues and bills that you're working on and try to be effective in your work when you have senators down there who are oftentimes fighting with a completely opposite set of values and beliefs
0: well that's uh, that's probably a proper way to put it a different set of values and beliefs i mean if you spend your lifetime in service and and your focus is on protecting and uh, defending the nation that you represent and that uniform you wear and uh, all of a sudden you're taken out of a role, which is a position of rank, uh, whether it be you know, a captain, a major, a colonel, a general, whatever, and now you're placed in somewhere where you, you have a rank as senator, but you don't really have any authority to speak of, you're just simply someone with a title, and now you have to turn that title into effective legislation, and, and that's where I think sometimes people get lost, they get so engrossed in this title they have that they forget that, their business of of helping and serving the people should be their primary focus. And when they, you know, get more uh, worked up about them looking good on state or national news instead of uh, what do the people in my district need and and how do we get it for them, you know, you may not always see eye to eye with those on your particular side of the political fence. And and still have good legislation that gets through with votes on both sides because you have those who, you know, vote their beliefs, not a party line. And I think that's to be commendable for those that do that. And so you you are able to move legislation more on your position as a colleague and as a friend in many cases more than any other particular issue. Uh, if people don't want to help you, then you won't get that help, and you'll struggle to get bills through. And I think the, you know, the true story is told at the end of your time of four, or eight years. If you look back, the things you were able to do and how they positively affect your district, you know, that's the report card that says whether or not those eight years were worth that time away from your family and and being here in the capital. And I hope when the dust settles, I look back and say, you know, we we made a difference. We we took some issues that no one else would touch, and we were able to find a way to make it so that we're able to have legislation that helps everyone.
1: Well, that's a really great point. And I know that as you are approaching the end of your tenure in the Nebraska legislature, as we look back on these eight years, there have been some major victories for life and for freedom. You have really been a champion During your time in our legislature for our constitutional rights, for defending and preserving our religious liberty. In fact, you introduced the first Freedom Act, a really important bill to protect the First Amendment rights of all Nebraskans that has been included in that government committee package that you talked about. Why has that issue been so important to you during your time in office?
0: I think that it's twofold. One, you know, the Native American piece of that in that we have had incidents where Native Americans have not been allowed to have their basic beliefs. And, and you know, in the hearing yesterday when I got pushed back on the bill, you know, I told him, I said, you know, you guys forget that that you live in a fairly sterile world that sometimes you don't understand other people and cultures. I said, you put a value on a cross like all of us do. But sometimes that value is also added for different groups in things like a simple feather or, or a, a bear claw. These things are culturally something that means a lot. And and to deny someone the ability to have that is different than denying the ability to wear a cross. And so I think there there are times that Folks forget that others see the world from a perspective of the culture they grew up in. and you have to you have to be willing to protect those rights just like you are for everyone else. And you know the First Freedom act uh, is long overdue. we We saw during Covid how it can negatively affect mm-hmm. our our houses of, of uh, worship. and so, that's been one of them that uh, I felt very really strongly about. And I think it's in a good position to get through. There'll be a fiery debate on the floor, but I welcome it because I think if I'm the one that goes toe-to-toe with them on the mic, they're going to be in a really difficult position to argue that and say that it is not needed and it show it has no value or it's somehow racist or there's some part of this bill that is is not good for everyone. And and that's, you know, the thing you see here the most is that you have some that – They will have an issue and it will be a very, very small slice of the world. But if you just simply go to some of the constitutional rights, those those cover everyone. And that's the idea behind the Constitution. But you have to be willing to stand your ground and and push back and find ways to assure that because big government will take those rights if given. And I think during COVID we saw how that would inch in and take away rights and you didn't realize you'd lost it until it was gone.
1: Well that that's so important and that's why this this bill is is so necessary the you know the the first amendment is the first amendment for a reason religious freedom is a fundamental human right for all people and your bill seeks to protect that right regardless of what you believe and there's also that really critical piece that I love that you mentioned that very simply but importantly says that during a state of emergency, during a pandemic, whatever it is, the state cannot treat churches and religious organizations worse than secular businesses. So no more of this shutting down churches, telling people they can't go to church on Sunday while, you know, the casino and other businesses are open. So we really appreciate you pushing for that bill. And Senator Brewer, as I mentioned, you've not only served our state, but our nation, 36 years in the United States military, severely wounded, laid down your life to save others and to defend our country. As someone who has given so much and seen others make that ultimate sacrifice for our country, what do you think about, what goes through your mind when you see some of these increasing attacks on our country's founding principles and efforts to strip away our constitutional freedoms?
0: it's it's hard not to be a little bit angry on the inside because you know you only have to escort uh, a few of of those in your command that you've lost home in a, in a um, military coffin to meet that family and try and explain why they had to make that ultimate sacrifice and you know you know all of those that you were personally connected with, but there were planes leaving out of Iraq and Afghanistan almost daily with those flag drip coffins. And so if people are willing to give that much, I mean there's nothing more you can give. You have given all you have on this earth to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. I mean that's what everyone raises their hand and swears when they come in, and they have done it. And then to see folks try and figure out a way to take away those rights uh, is is heart-wrenching because it is the foundation of so much of what we do in the military, and you can't not be emotionally affected by their efforts to do it. And some of them, they almost do it as a game to see, you know, how can we, how can we degrade the first or second amendment or whatever one that they're deciding that they want to reform different than what the founders of our, of our country established it to be. And when you see that, you have to bite your lip and, 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 you know, I, I, I've been way too passionate in some people's eyes about the first amendment and the second amendment, but I really believe that, that those foundations there, if we lose them, the rest of it is in jeopardy. And and once we lose the Constitution, then what it is is an emotional roller coaster of whatever group might be in power at a given time. And the survival of our nation is at stake.
1: Well, you're exactly right. And these are the issues that matter. And they're the issues that are worth fighting for. And we're thankful to to have you uh, at our state capitol fighting on our behalf. And this is a really important conversation, and we have a lot more to cover. So we are actually going to extend our interview with Senator Brewer. So be sure to tune in next week to hear the rest of our conversation. For more information and updates and to learn how you can play a part in helping defend life and liberty in our state, please visit NebraskaFamilyAlliance.org. Thanks for listening to the Nebraska Family Alliance Report.